Hello, welcome everybody to episode 12 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. I'm Tom. And once again, joining us today is John of Dirty Harry Podcast. Welcome back, John. Hello, thank you guys for having me again. Well, we had such a fun time yesterday, we figured we'll have you one more day. We'll see, we'll we'll see how the rest of the week goes. We'll, we'll take it one day at a time. Probation, or I'll get cooler. Okay, thank you. I'll be good. <laughs> we'll put you cooler in the cooler. So th- this episode, episode 12, starts with uh, continues the conversation between Henley and Werner and goes all the way till Hiltz taking a few steps back and putting in so that he's up against the barracks while he's looking out at the security fence. As uh, we discussed yesterday, there's a whole conversation between Werner and uh, Henley where they're talking, where the the conversation starts off at a point where uh, Werner thinks that uh, he needs to send Henley to the cooler, and then he finds out he's an American, and it's like, oh, now I want to be your best friend. For some reason, he believes that uh, Americans should be friendlier with Germany than with, with Great Britain at that time. <laughs> so I, I, I love the way that this minute starts where Henley's response is, enemy, what are you talking about? So he goes, oh, in your, the War of 1812... They burnt your capital down. Obviously, no, he says in 1812. He doesn't even say the war of 1812. He says in 1812. And the, the truth is it happened in 1814. <laughs> Would most Americans <laughs> it, know that? It, uh, probably not. No. <laughs> but it I, happened during the war of 1812. Most uh, would be able to tell you it's the war of 1812 specifically when in that war, less so. Correct. As a non-American, um, is that Washington a cherry tree or... Something about packing up the... It's way after Washington, isn't it? Washington was already dead at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, it was uh, uh, Madison was in, was in the White House at the time. Madison or Monroe? Madison. Madison. James, James Madison was in 1812. So they, they came and, uh, you know, burned down the, the White House. Uh, we're not going to get political. <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially given recent events of the last few months. Especially let's, considering let's just... neither of you live in the United States. <laughs> I, I, I have an accent and I still get to vote. So, and I've been American longer than you. <laughs> I like I like Vienna's rationale for like it being the truth. Though he's like, Garner says it's propaganda, and it's like it's in the history books. And he, and he goes, I read it. It's true. <laughs> That's the definition of propaganda, my friend. Exactly. Well, but especially when you're dealing with with uh, with with Nazism, where they changed history. Well, but the you know, question... to, to suit themselves. Right, but how old is Werner supposed to be? Because, I mean, I don't know. They call him a kid. At some point, uh, later on, Henley calls him a kid, even though he's not a kid. I think he goes, that's a mixed up kid. Right. In the the novel, they mention one of the the dimmest um, ferrets. They call him Dopey. I don't know if that's who he's, he's modeled on. But he has a bit of a, like a Hogan's Hero type vibe later on in the film, doesn't he? Yeah, completely. Yeah. There's no question about that. Even though Schultz in Hogan's Heroes is a little uh, is is better than he is. <laughs> well, the only reason I say that is depending on when he was in those history classes. If he was in there pre World War One or even during World War One, and it's yes, the United States and Britain weren't you know at war with each other leading up to World War One, but it's not like they were best of friends after the War of 1812 either. So there is some look of maybe they were enemies, but then obviously World War One, we ended up sided with them. 
you know, maybe there's just a level of that too going on. Or maybe I'm giving Werner the benefit of the doubt. Well, I, I got to point he's in his early twenties. Okay, he's supposed to be in his early twenties, but the the actor was 38 or 39 at the time, and the irony of it is that Garner is years younger. So, so later on, when when Garner says that there's a mixed up kid or a crazy mixed up kid, he's he's talking about someone who's five years older than him. So that that's uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure of how old he's supposed to be. I mean, he they 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 make it seem as if he's he's supposed to be like a a, a teen or just uh, rel- you know not long out of high school. But but when you look at him, he he doesn't look like he's in his twenties. He does look like he's in his thirties, late thirties. If not even more. Great. He looks mid thirties too. I mean, I would guess mid thirties at the youngest. But yeah, right. But I mean, we call him Tom Witted, but but immediately afterwards he shoes, uh, you know, he shoes Garner away, and then what's the, what does he do? He looks in the cab just to make sure he didn't steal anything. <laughs> or he's checking to see if there's anything he wants to steal. Maybe. <laughs> he's like, hmm, where are the keys? I want to. I'm gonna go take this for a little uh, joyride. And 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 the music turns like into a little bit little little of a comic resolution, like the it becomes really lighthearted the music there and yeah, really great piece of the score. Yeah, no credit. See, that's the problem with the score. You can't really talk about it in this movie because every single minute has the score. I'm sure that someone could do could do uh, a show just talking about the score uh, of this entire movie. You know, minute by minute. <laughs> I've got a quote um, for you guys. The soundtrack is, pardon my American accent, rousing militaristic motifs with interludes of warmer, softer themes that humanize the prisoners and indeed audiences. End quote. That pretty good American accent. Hey, I love the music in this. Yeah, it's it's a catchy theme. I mean, it's something that, that uh, you know, if, if you, if, if you know, from the first time you see the movie, you can get it caught in your mind. It's it's not like Colonel Bogey. No. You know, that... <laughs> <laughs> that that that's a little uh, a little more that Colonel Bogey is just Colonel Bogey. This movie you have everything going the whole way. I mean, we have we have a a guest much later on in the in the season. I think she's got she's got one of the last few uh, weeks where she's she's a she's in music, so she wants to talk about the music aspects of the movie. So we'll we'll hopefully get some really great insight from her about it. Okay, so uh, then the the scene shifts and we we get to see. Steve, you know, we saw him last week for a few seconds when he's just looking around at the the compound and the security and everything. And here we we see him walking along the perimeter, looking out to see what what he can, uh, you know, just check everything out, take it all in. Something that that I've mentioned numerous times. There's so many uh, background actors, uh, just people walking around. And if you, you look closely, you'll see that most of them are walking in groups of. They're either walking by themselves or walking in groups of twos. So they basically got all of, all the extras and told them, okay, just just walk around. You know, here's the whole camp. Walk around however you want. Just uh, make it seem as natural as possible. But but what's interesting again is you can see the different things that these that all these different characters are carrying uh, in the background. Some of them aren't carrying anything. So there's no just has a cup that's hanging from his belt. Some of them have blankets, uh, sleeping bags, whatever. But Hiltz, what does he have? He has he has an American. Uh, you know, uh, bag. That, again, I, I'm curious to know how he, you know, jumped out of his airplane and was able to keep keep this with him, and have no one ever take it from him. Because and because we know it's his, 
because of mm. the fact that, that later on we'll be able to see that his, his name and serial number are stamped on it. Uh, and then someone runs up and starts talking to him. Annoys actually calls him, him by his first name. Oh, really annoys him. Calls him Virgil. <laughs> And so now we get to know that his name is Virgil. Because uh, we didn't know, we, we just know he's Steve McQueen up until now. And then, <laughs> I love the first comment, did you see the cooler? <laughs> Meaning that, that anyone who knows Hiltz knows that that's where he spends most of his days. <laughs> this isn't now, this something is, new in this camp. This is the first day, isn't it? This is yes. still the first hour or so we're led to believe. And like, they haven't had a roll call or anything. They haven't, they're just allowed to, nope. you know. This is like the yeah, Seven of them being in the camp. Right. Yeah, they're 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 there not very long so far. One thinks they'd be forced to do a roll call first of all, or or something, but just allowed a bit of free time as soon as they've come there. Well, from what we understand, as as we discussed yesterday, this is summer camp. (laughs) Yeah, they have tons of free free time. (laughs) Oh, um, of course, this is a great um, a great set, isn't it? Filmed in. In the suburbs of Munich, did you guys know where in in Munich it was filmed? Um, yeah, I, I I used to know. I mean, I I, <laughs> I, I actually one of our guests in a few weeks is is actually someone who went on a pilgrimage to visit all the sites where the oh, movie wow. was made and where the uh, and and where the actual events took place. So wow. I, I so I I read all of his stuff. So I, 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 I'm familiar with it, but I don't remember the name of the place. So why don't you, why don't you fill everyone in? What is it? Well, I'm in my late 30s, but um, I still remember a lot of my school uh, childhood German from uh, from high school. I looked into the suburb, this Bavaria film studios, and it was filmed. It was, I think the the film studio was still in a suburb called Gesellgesteig, which has a horrible translation as hostage track or hostage uh, way. That actually makes makes perfect sense for this movie. What a bit of irony! <laughs> Horrible, yeah. A bit of um, <laughs> synchronicity, yeah. Geiselgesteig. Apologies for the pronunciation, but literally means way or hostage track or trail. Wow. Hmm. Very interesting. What's the trivia um, and trivial? Sorry about that interjection. But yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. So Goff. So we we find out that the name of uh, the, this other American character. We find out later on his name is Goff. Looks and like his, he's missing from Mash. He looks like he should um, be in Mash. Could be. Could be. We'll have to ask Turning about that when she's she's on next week. No, wait, not next week. So no, she's on in a few weeks. So we'll have to ask her about it. But that, that's a good point. We'll have to keep that. Tom, write that down. We have to remember to ask her. <laughs> if she thinks that Goff is is a long lost character from from Mesh, <laughs> but he continues his annoying conversation with with Hiltz. Hiltz, Hiltz seems to be his, you can see his mind is is working. He's trying to figure out how do I get out of this place or whatever, and he just has someone coming along and annoying him with with strange questions, saying, "Oh, I can't find those two guys that were with us in Hut 14." And like, yeah, Hiltz, Hiltz is basically saying, "I don't really care. <laughs> Stop bothering me." So, and yet, although he's annoying him, Hiltz can you know. Hiltz knows the details. He, he remembers those two people, Dexter and whoever. Jackson. Like, Jackson and Dexter. Jackson. So I'm going to burn a note I have for later in the week. Is Goff basically Millhouse from The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. It's a very interesting point. It's very possible. Well, he has I, that. I, 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 
It's that, that Milhouse is based on Guff. It, they just strike me as the same character of the awkward guy running over to the cool kid and just be like, hey, 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 so, ex, you know, there's this thing, um, 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 yeah, let's do this thing. And you, the cool kid's just like, yeah, okay, you need to go away. Let me do my thing now. Right. I can imagine, yeah. I can imagine Goff like loving the, the milk in the, in the canteen. Wow, this is great milk. Hill is great milk. <laughs> Uh, no, but his next line, Guff's next line is great. He's a, it, it just ex- accentuates the, the point that you guys just said. He says, I'm, I'm going to go see what else I can find. Again, he's in mm-hmm. summer camp. You know, yeah. <laughs> his friends I, were in my bunk, uh, you know, last year that I didn't see. So let's try and see them again. So he makes it sound like he's more on an adventure than a prison. But maybe that's just his way of, of dealing with the fact that he's in a prison camp. You know, let's let's make it seem a uh, occurrence. Let's make it seem as if uh, everything's fun. So the other thing I really like that they're able to do in this minute is we still get the towers, the fence, all of that still looks very ominous. You know, we get Hilts, you know, stopping. The Once Goff runs away, he's checking everything out, and you see him looking up at the guard towers and the fence, and it's still... I mean, it looks imposing, and how do we get out of here? You know, and I no, it's not how do we get out of here. It's how do I get out of here? That's the royal we. <laughs> you know, and but when you... it has those, when it has those close-ups of the goon boxes, the music. Uh, once again, I can't describe what the music does. It sort of, it sounds like desert music. Like it's a bit. Sounds like it's from Lawrence of Arabia. Like this imposing desert or this big obstacle they're going to face. It's very effective, those two shots right. of the goon boxes. Right. I mentioned this last week that, that uh, I love the fact that then the guards are actually close to their guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the guards are awesome. I mean, they're, this is a, you know, everyone's been here 20 minutes. So I, I guess they can still try and guard the same way they've been guarding for the last few weeks while they were building them. <laughs> they're not on their guns, but I mean, they look like they're paying attention to what's going on down there. They still look imposing, and part of that is the way the camera shot. We're looking up at Howard still. Okay, but one of the guards actually uh, taps his fingers as if he's bored. You know, he's like, okay, try to run. <laughs> I'm, I'm bored. If you look in uh, second 49. Yeah, I, think I, yeah, I saw he, like, that. He taps his, taps his hands there. Now, did either of you notice what's, what's, uh, what's on the ground Throughout Hiltz's stroll, you mean the rocks or the soil or the the, primi- no. the mini eighteen inch fence? Huh? No, all of all of the the tree stumps. Yeah. All right. Which I mean, we'll talk about that uh, uh, later in the week. I think even tomorrow. But but it's interesting. I mean, the, the detail is just amazing in this film. Right. You know the the fact that that uh, again Fresh spoiler line. for anyone who hasn't read it who hasn't seen this yet but in tomorrow's episode we're going to see people hauling trees and it's possible that these are the trees that they cut down which you'd think would also be strange that they would wait until the day that all the prisoners show up to to, pull, to, to cut down all the trees on the inside of the perimeter true but maybe not who knows <laughs> but my 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 first thought was that I first, I, when I first saw them I thought maybe the rocks and then I took took a closer look and I realized that they're, they're all tree stumps. So when you're walking around the perimeter, you have to be really careful not to fall on a tree stump because they 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 didn't uh, uproot them completely. <laughs> maybe it's the a way novel... to try and keep the maybe it's a way to keep the, the prisoners uh, you know on their guard all the time and not trying to to run around in the middle of the night because you might stumble yeah. across uh, a tree stump. Yes, I'm sorry, John. In the novel, 
No, no. In the novel, they make mention that they they had periodically placed microphones to uh, or seismic counters to measure to detect if there was any underground digging. Yeah. You don't really see them, but I think they were around the the inner per- perimeter as well. Yeah, that's true. Don't see them. Does uh, do either of you have anything else to say about this minute? I I'm noticed they've both got wedding rings on. Um, I would assume they would be sometime after they're shot down. They would have been captured or maybe bartered away, or or did pilots fly with their wedding rings? I don't know. But I, I'm, if they've been Hilts as peer, and both of them appear to have been in other camps, maybe in prison for a year or so. It's still lucky they've got their pieces of jewelry intact, not stolen or otherwise well, parted Hilt away has from a them. Watch too. I don't know if it's this minute you see it or in a later minute, but he's got a watch as well. And I am still standing by that Steve McQueen didn't go to wardrobe and this is just what he showed up on set wearing and and that's why <laughs> his, he's nowhere even close to a uniform. All right. Do you have anything else to this day? Nope. No. All right. So, John, you want to give everyone uh, your plugs? Please, everyone, you like Dirty Harry, the 1971 classic Warner Brothers movie with Clint Eastwood, where he blows the head clean off. You can go to dirtyharryminute.com. Um, yeah. That's All right. Hopefully, hope, hope you're willing to come back again tomorrow. Very much. Yes. Oh, uh, th- right, this, movie was, this movie was edited by Ferris Webster, who uh, later went on to edit a lot of Clint Eastwood movies of the 70s. So um, there's a... Tenuous link if you want to go to Dirty Harry Minute. <laughs> There's a continuity with this film. Oh, wow. Did you mention it? Did you mention the Grayscape during those minutes? I did mention Ferris Webb's... Yeah, I think so. I'm sure it came up. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> he didn't edit Dirty Harry, though, so that's a shame. <laughs> Can't have it all. All right, so anyone, if you want to you can uh, send us an email to thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can uh, go to our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Great Escape MXM, and you can also uh, get in touch with us via Facebook group, The Cooler. The Cooler. You can also uh, please, we, we'd appreciate if you can go rate, review, and subscribe on the, uh, and any podcatcher that you uh, may use. We'll see you again tomorrow. Hello. Hello. Hello.